The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Uh, this looks to be another enjoyable show, certainly from my perspective. I'm going to bring you two individuals that have yet to have been on Winning Ponies, uh, but both of them great characters in their own right. Our first guest will be Indian Charlie. Well, obviously it won't be the stallion. He's no longer with us. But Indian Charlie is the gentleman that... Uh, goes up and down the backstretch of uh, tracks across the country, particularly around big race days, and he gets the stories some might not uh, know about, and he also has a great time taking jabs at, at so many people in the industry. Uh, there's also a serious side to him and some issues that uh, he uh, is not afraid to face. Sometimes I wonder how he even gets a press pass because he is so outspoken. So it'll be very interesting to uh, learn a little bit about the background of a guy that was so popular, Bob Baffert, that he named one of his best horses after him, the Santa Anita Derby winner, equaled the track record. Of course, Indian Charlie went on to become a really nice stud siring four champions. And at the bottom of the hour, a man who's uh, no stranger to uh, the handicappers in the Cleveland area, uh, his name is Bob Railbird Roberts. Now, uh, the Railbird has been writing for Cleveland Papers as their turf writer for 40 years now and uh, also is the public handicapper. He's had to put his selections in the paper every day. And, Bob, another one, not afraid to uh, take on the powers to be uh, that uh, certainly was challenged uh, by management and, and some of the Cleveland area tracks. Uh, but nonetheless, Bob's a good handicapper, and uh, now he's uh, kind of semi-retired, and he likes to go to the handicapping contest, and so you may uh, bump into him. But anyhow, we're going to talk a little bit about racing, and then we're going to handicap uh, some races from uh, Santa Anita, uh, Gulfstream Park, and Laurel Park. That'll be uh, starting at uh, the bottom of the hour. Uh, racing lost one of its really good guys this week, and Jack Klugman, uh, he died a Monday afternoon. Hard to believe he was the age of 90. And uh, he is re- really going to be missed. And uh, you may recall 1980, Jacqueline Klugman, who was a gray son of Orbit Ruler, who finished third in the Kentucky Derby, was only beaten two lengths by the Philly Genuine Risk. And uh, 
when Jacqueline was born, they called the farm, and the farm misinformed them that it was a filly, because otherwise he was going to name the horse Jack Lugman. So uh, it went to Jacqueline, thinking it was a filly. Anyhow, it went on to be a, a, a really a nice horse. It was really his uh, first uh, big, big thoroughbred. Uh, then he went on to uh, become a, a breeder. Uh, he uh, bred uh, the grade two winner, uh, Aiken and Mode, and uh, just stayed in the game the whole way. Started out with like $12,500 claimers and uh, got the Orbit Ruler for only 500 And uh, so the guy that uh, we knew is, uh, is Dr. Quincy, and, and of course, uh, for all of his great uh, uh, acting in The Odd Couple, anybody who loved uh, sports uh, loved the way that uh, he, he played that role. And uh, so Jack Klugman certainly will be missed. He owned a small stable right up until the time uh, that he passed away on Monday. Now for some uh, uplifting news uh, on Painter. We've been following him. Well, uh, of course, we told you several weeks ago about voting in the Vox Populi Award, and Painter has won that award. Of course, uh, not only did he have some great racing, but he really showed a lot of heart in coming back after laminitis. Of course, uh, Vox Populi means voice of the people. This was an award that you voted on. Hopefully you did. We gave you the contact. And what's great is Painter was a late entry in the selection. I'm not sure if you remember or not, but he wasn't in the original nominees, and a lot of people said, hey, wait a second. You know, this horse has done a lot for racing. People are following his health. Uh, the Zayats are uh, really staying out there in, in the social community, telling people how he's doing. And with thousands of people voting, he came out on top, edging out Frankel, and I'll have another. So, uh, Painter, who uh, was under the guidance of Bob Baffert, uh, decided to go the Derby Trail. He had near miss in the Belmont Stakes and then a brilliant performance in the Haskell Stakes. Here's uh, what's good to know. Not only did he win the Vox Populi, but he is healthy enough to return to training. And the uh, word is that in about two days, he's going to uh, leave Farrell Equine Therapy Center and uh, move on to Bob Baffert's uh, stalls, and we're looking forward to, to seeing him back in action. Um, okay, some more awards were announced this week. ESPN won the Television Features Media Eclipse Award for their E60 segment on the rescued thoroughbred Not in Our Wildest Dreams, and uh, we want to congratulate them. And Of course, uh, this was... Uh, written and narrated by seven-time Media Eclipse Award winner Bill Knack, of course, the man who uh, gave us so, so much good information on Secretariat. Uh, there was a raid on Centerbrook Farm in upstate New York. They discovered all these abandoned and malnourished horses, and one of those that was adopted uh, turned out to be uh, not in our wildest dreams. And uh, you really have to go, and, and, and you, you, you can check it out, but, you know, the just yeah, gut-wrenching on how this horse perhaps wouldn't have even survived and ended up actually making back to the races. I won't spoil the end of the story, but you can go to www.espn.go.com in the video clip section and check it out. It was E60, not in your wildest dreams, one word. Congratulations to the folks at ESPN that were involved with that. Also, Glenn Kane Oakford won the Multimedia Eclipse Award for coverage of mare foaling on DRF.com. 
but it wasn't just any mayor. It was Zenyatta, Wait for First Poll, Combined Science, Art, and Anticipation. And uh, basically, it, it covers uh, all the details that, that went into uh, watching Zenyatta, and it gave you the background of what happens uh, for a night watchman during the foaling season. And, uh, of course, uh, Oakford, who's a senior bloodstock correspondent for the Daily Racing Forum, really knew what uh, they were talking about. It, but the, the whole thing is is that it's going to give a lot of uh, interesting background uh, to the, uh, the the story of the guy that's there late at night uh, watching the fall. So speaking of falls in the breeding business, there's going to be a couple interesting ones coming along. Uh, the breeding plans have been made for Horse of the Year, Arve de Grasse, and Kentucky Oaks winner, Plum Pretty. Both of them, of course, were purchased for $14.2 million by Mandy Pope's Worcester Hill Farm in November. Well, it looks like the champ is going to be going to Tappet and uh, will be going to Medaglia di Oro. <clears throat> I'm sorry, she is a daughter of Medaglia di Oro. She's going to uh, Distorted Humor. So however to grasp the Tappet and Plum Pretty to Distorted Humor. Uh, both of them, of course, a lot of research went into this. And uh, they're looking at, uh, you know, the, the great cross and what's going to be produced. And all we can say is the best of luck because at $14.2 million, she certainly took a bit of a risk. Okay, uh, speaking of great racehorses, uh, Dana Dream, uh, she won the uh, 2011 Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Uh, sad to say, could not compete again in it this year uh, because of swamp fever. And uh, so she has been retired, and she is going to go to none other than the champion, Frankel. So that ought to be some kind of uh, full to be coming, and uh, looking forward to that. Also, out on the West Coast, uh, you know, of course, we know that the Breeders' Cup winner and potential uh, champion Royal Delta. She's got a brother by the name of Empire Way, and uh, he's grade two stakes placed. He's going to be going to stud for $5,000 along with longtime champion California stud Swiss Yodler, uh, who stands for only $3,000. Going to take a look at uh, a couple of uh, race results. Uh, races that uh, that we looked at last week. Yeah, first of all, a tip of my cap to uh, Louisville trainer Pat Dupe with Strike Impact. He's pretty much a one-horse barn. Pat uh, won the the uh, Buddy Deliberto uh, Memorial down at the fairgrounds. It wasn't one of the races that Byron King and I uh, looked at, but uh, congratulations to to Pat uh, Dupe, who is married to a many-time visitor to Winning Ponies one Eclipse Award winning, multiple Eclipse Award winning, Jenny Reese. So my hat is off to them. Uh, with Byron King, we handicapped the uh, mile and the 16th, Blushing KD, and uh, we didn't do much handicapping on the first one because it was Daisy Divine. And just two class acts teamed up. Andrew McKeever, the trainer, uh, with Brian Hernandez, who's been on this show several times. Uh, this was just the easiest romp of the week in thoroughbred racing. Uh, Daisy Divine just ran away with it. It was on top by eight coming in the lane, and one eased up by six. It'll be interesting to see where McKeever places her next. Uh, then, uh, since it was a big day at the fairgrounds, we did uh, play a, another race down there, and that was the uh, Bonapoff. And uh, this one, it was upset time at 36-1. to 1. 
John Jacinto brought home China, and this horse was pressed the entire way and and fought off the challengers and uh, came home on top in this race. China, again, at 36-1, to 1, turned back Icon Ike, and finishing third was Global Power. Then we went to, to Gulfstream Park, and I know Byron and I discussed the uh, – unfavorable post position of Nikki's Sandcastle, but it wasn't uh, too un- uh, uh, hurting. Now, this is a horse that came, was a former claimer, came out of the claiming crown, and uh, got away at 5-1. to one. Uh, Beautiful ride by Corey Lannery, who, uh, who took Nikki's Sandcastle back, uh, rallied five wide from 11th at the half-mile pole, and got up by three-quarters of a length, so uh, back-to-back wins at Gulfstream Park. Certainly a horse for course. Three wins from seven to starts there at Gulfstream Park. In, in the second spot was Karata at 17 to 1. And third was the favorite a horse many people thought would win, and that was the Irish bred Salto. Uh, the last race that, uh, that Byron and I looked at was the 38 Go Go from Laurel Park. It's a one turn mile. And the winner in this event was Byron's pick, 1.3 carats, paying $9.60, stalked the pace and pulled away. We pointed out the fact that uh, this horse, a uh, daughter of Medaglia Dioro, uh, was trained by Graham Motion, had mostly run an optional claimers, a couple allowance races, and uh, really needed a score. So the uh, 38 go-go, while not a graded race, nonetheless, uh, she can retire if that's their plans. Uh, with a win, she sold for $1.3 million at the Keeneland sale. So uh, Graham Motion, I'm sure, uh, making a lot of people happy right there. Uh, with the win, certainly moving up her value in the sales ring. Well, uh, you recall going into the Breeders' Cup that my Miss Oriala uh, was was undefeated. Uh, she couldn't uh, get by Royal Delta, but nonetheless came in a solid second. Was only beaten one and a half lengths. Uh, she went to post the big favorite in the La Brea Stakes. You remember now Santa Anita's open. They like to open the day after Christmas, and surprisingly, she was upset. It was book review uh, getting the job done um, in in the La Brea with uh, Rene's got zip right in between those two. It was just a fantastic finish. Uh, if you get a chance, you need to go back and, and take a look at that race. It was an outstanding race. Uh, then in the Sir Buford on the card, it was Silento, a lightly raced son of Japanese bred silent name. Uh, who got the job done in there. A good day by the uh, Mandela family. And then uh, Jimmy Creed uh, gave the senior Mandela his fifth win in the Malibu, a grade one race. So uh, a a big day for the Mandelas and a big day for uh, the people attending Santa Anita. They're back on track. Well, we're pretty much round out uh, our look on the national racing scene. Uh, Saginaw was upset in the Gravesend. Of course, uh, he was going to try to be the winningest horse of the season, but it was a horse owned by former NFL coach Bill Parcells and trained by Gary Sciatta 
who put the upset on Saginaw, Saratoga Snacks. All right, well, we will be back in just a few minutes, taking a break here. I'm going to come back with one of racing's more interesting writers, characters, call them what you want. We call them Indian Charlie. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, welcome back. Very much uh, looking forward uh, to this interview. Uh, it's been a long time uh, in, the, in, the, in the making. I've been wanting to talk to this individual uh, forever, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know about his background. Uh, he goes under the nom de course of Indian Charlie. Of course, most people uh, know the Santa Anita Derby winner who went on to be a very good stallion as Indian Charlie, but his name is Ed Musselman, believe it or not, and uh, he uh, pretty much... Uh, I don't know. He's he's not afraid to uh, to tell it like it is. That's for sure. If you go to any major uh, racing venue, or if you go to any major sales, uh, you'll see anybody who's in the know walking around with the Indian Charlie sheet tucked in their back pocket, or in their sales book, or or, or reading and laughing and maybe pointing a finger at somebody. Um, He's serious, uh, yet he pokes a lot of fun at people. Uh, it's, it's just an outstanding uh, 
a piece of writing, something that nobody I know has ever done. And, of course, uh, his motto is, we never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Ed, how you doing this evening? Hey, John, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing just fine. We, we had a great Christmas. I hope you did. And I'm looking forward to a great New Year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I did as well. Uh, I enjoyed the Christmas holidays, and uh, and uh, you know we got a lot of good uh, got a lot of good sports coming up, and of course looking forward to the new year as well. Well, I know a lot of people read you, and people are finally he- hearing your voice. Uh, it seems to have a little bit of a Kentucky uh, twinge to it. Uh, can you kind of share your your upcoming? In the sport of racing, uh, how how you got into it, uh, what roles you played in racing that have put you in a position where there's almost nobody that won't talk to you. Well, uh, I mean, I guess my big break in, in horse racing came when uh, we grew up about a block and a half from Churchill Downs. So, so I was I was pretty much didn't have a chance from from day one. But uh, uh, you know, just used to. Uh, uh, you know, go over on the backside early in the morning when it was, you know, fairly easy to just kind of ease your way in there without too much being said and watch the workouts. And of course, I thought it was the greatest thing ever, and and, and I and still do. And and uh, then uh, after I went two years of college, I got some jobs on the racetrack. Uh, one being a um, a uh, tour guide at, at the Derby Museum at Churchill Downs, and then really from there from there I went on to. Uh, I, from there, I got a job uh, running the uh, Visionmatic Timers, working for Visionmatic Timers, and and th- so then uh, I was timing the races at Keeneland, Churchill, and Turfway for a while, and of course that kind of that was kind of gave me press box access, and and uh, along along with that, I, w- I became a jockey agent, so I was like working two three jobs uh, early on, and uh, just just went on from there. Uh, did. Did uh, train horses. Uh, worked for Suge McGay for on and off for four or five years, and then I worked for Phil Hoswald, who, who was his assistant, who went out on his own when uh, Suge took the job with the Phippses. And then uh, then I got off the track for a couple of years and sold beer and and uh, was a beer salesman. And then when I came back, I, I started the uh, Indian Charlie newsletter. Well, um, first of all, what where did you get the name Indian Charlie? Well, there was, I don't know if you would have remembered him, John, there was a guy by the name of Indian Charlie, and he was a clocker, and kind of an independent clocker. He didn't work for any racetracks, and he was just a guy that showed up, and he kind of just was a guy who lived by his wits, and he watched horses work, and he timed them and, and, and gambled, and I'm sure he had people that he advised, and and uh, he, he was just a just a very, very smart guy who... Made a lot of money uh, uh, back in the old days, and and he kept, you know kept kept quiet. Uh, most everybody knew him. A lot of people feared him a little bit if they were trying to drop a horse in and try to get something done. They were always a little afraid. The real the real Indian Charlie, not me. The Indian Charlie, the clocker would uh, would uh, would would be on the case, and a lot of times he was. So, and his name was Charlie Neal. And so is this kind of a, a tribute to him, you picking up uh, his name? Yeah, as a... yeah it was, he had died about five years prior to me starting to, to start the publication, and, you know, we were kind of kind of had an idea what it was going to be. And and uh, actually it started, the, the publication started out more as a tip sheet, and we were kind of ready to ready to start, and we were, we had 
four or five names in mind, and that we just chose that one, and then just turned out to be a good name. Well, again, can you describe the genesis of publication? You said it kind of started out as, as a tip sheet. Did you then yes, maybe at the bottom yeah, of the was tip a, sheet maybe I, take a little jab well, at somebody and then it just grew? Well, I, I just would just put uh, just little, you know, interest, just little one-liners or two-liners, just just basically trying to fill up empty space in there where, you know, and uh, you know, I was putting them in the stores and just selling them alongside the racing form and the programs and other tip sheets. And, you know, that wasn't really going so well. And uh, so then uh, that, was the, that, was our, that was the first year, 1994. And then in 1995, when this thing was just about to fold, uh, Terry Mix, who now is with the Jockey's Guild, encouraged me to go to Saratoga. He says, I think they'll like what you're doing up there. Why don't you come up there and... And, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll kind of, we'll kind of keep you from drowning up there. And so, <laughs> so I did take a shot and did that. And, uh, and, uh, that was when, uh, I just happened to across the street to the uh, Fasting Tipton Humphrey, Humphrey Finney Pavilion while they had a horse sale over there. And somebody suggested, well, I'm selling this horse and I know you're putting those things in all the barns on the backside. Why don't you put me a little ad in there? And, Really, from there, I just kind of learned how to do it, you know, from that, you know, and and it just evolved from being more of a uh, more of a uh, tip sheet uh, to a uh, uh, a newsletter, I guess, for a lack of a better word. Well, now here here's the the question that remains because you know I'll I'll be perhaps up in the Keeneland press box and I see people with uh, your publication in their hand, just shaking their head, laughing, maybe pulling their hair out. I mean. I'm looking at your most recent one. I, I was a, you know, a part of the turf publicist. I was president for a couple of years, and you've got Dale Romans wins the Big Sport of Turfdom Award, the award that's given out annually by the Turf Publicist of America to a trainer who weighs between 300 and 400 pounds. I mean, how do you walk down a shed row and not get a shank taken to your head sometimes? Well. Well, I don't know. I guess I, I've kind of wondered that myself sometimes, but uh, you know, it's just it's just edgy, and you know, I just pretty much uh, you know wing it and go, go with what I feel. So that's that's just that's just what comes out sometimes. Well, as, as I said in the introduction, uh, you're obviously somebody that, that cares about the sport, and you're certainly not afraid to take a swing at the powers to be. Have you ever been threatened to be thrown off the backstretch or to have you know press credentials pulled? Do you get confronted well, by management? I, I tell you, there was one time when uh, early on uh, there was uh, a time when I, I did get uh, put off the grounds at Churchill Downs, and this would have been maybe in ninety, I think ninety five or ninety six, and I had written something about their head of security that 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 didn't go over too good with them and. So, uh, so they put me off the grounds for about two weeks. I think they kind of thought maybe I'd just go away, you know, and so I just, uh, kept the sheets out there and, you know, had people help me get them on the backside and I, I, you know, I, I didn't go away. And so there was just a couple of weeks of maybe Churchill Downs getting quite a bit of heat over it. And, uh, you know, after two weeks, they decided that, you know, they were going to let me back on, you know, with no lawyers and nothing like that involved. And, and uh, really, after that, I haven't had too many problems along those lines. Well, I, I really, it's uh, it, it's hard to believe because uh, 
you really you tell it like it is. I mean, you're obviously a guy that that loves thoroughbred racing, and, and you want to see uh, you want to see it done right. And when when you see what you feel is a, is is a, is a penalty, you're not afraid to f- throw a flag. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's just what it is. I mean, it's just it's just opinion. Uh, but you know, I, I feel like over the years that you know. You, you, there's quite a few people that probably feel the same way as I, as I do, and they, you know, just uh, don't have the opportunity to uh, express themselves the way that I'm in a position to. And then being independent, I don't have editors. I don't have, you know, uh, you know. I, I mean, uh, someone that's in the in the regular newspaper business would would never have the opportunity to to be as uh, outspoken as I am. Just uh, because of, uh, uh, you know, editors and, you know, they, it's, it's just, uh, basically that's, that's one advantage that I do have is, you know, it's just, you know, I have to go out, I have to go out and make a living with it. I have to sell the ads and, and, uh, and then beyond that, I can put in there just about what, you know, what I think. And of course, you know, you, you, you say things and I've lost advertisers and I've had, you know, you know, a few things along those lines happen. So, so, but uh, but by and large, I think it's been well received, and and uh, you know the people that uh, the people that like it, I think uh, far outnumber the people that don't. So that's kind of kind of what I base base it on. Now, when you run into a Dale Romans or an Eddie Canale, I think he's called Cabbage Head sometimes, and uh, D. Wayne Lucas and stuff like that. Do, do, do they, for the most part, just kind of laugh it off and realize it's you being you? Well, I mean, Wayne Lucas is probably probably my biggest supporter, and 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 he loves it, and he just the only thing, the only time Wayne ever gets mad at me is if I go too long without writing writing something <laughs> about him. So he, he his his deal is you know just just get me in there and and spell my name right, you know. So so uh, so you know uh, that's pretty much the way it's taken, and uh, I've kind of gotten to where I refer to all all the Irish people on the racetrack as cabbage heads, and, you know, I think they pretty much like it. I've never even had one person that, you know, it's just a a term that I think they they pretty much, they like. (laughs) Well, uh, all I can say is, you know, it it, it seems like, you know, obviously a lot of it's done tongue-in-cheek, and and you're having fun with it, and like you said, People do like to see their name in print. Well, what I want to let our listeners know, because while you're at a lot of the major racetracks and sales rings, you're not at everyone. Um, if somebody wants to see editions of Indian Charlie, I, I, I think your library goes back 10 years on your website. Uh, where, where do they go to get it? Well, in the, uh, IndianCharlie.com. And um, also, uh, we're, we're, uh, I say I'm on Twitter. The, the sheets go out on Twitter, which... That's not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not someone who tweets myself or would even know how to do it. But, but the sheet. You know, for a lot of people out there that are that are on Twitter, you can uh, you can go uh, in and uh, I guess I guess you would become a follower. Or I think that's the way. I think that's the way they refer to it. And then uh, then when we had a new edition come out, you would it would it would just come out as a tweet, and you could just. Uh, Click on it, and it would take you to the website and read it that way. Uh, or you can just go to the website. You know, it's it's you know there's you know it's just free. It's just a a way for me to put it out there. And uh, uh, you know there are several years that are archived on there, so you could go back and read 
past editions and uh and it's you know not not anything too fancy but it's a it's a way to uh uh to distribute the product in a in a costly manner well i uh would uh, encourage all listeners of Winning Ponies to go up on the site and go back. If they just want a good chuckle, uh, go through the archives. They'll have an absolute blast. Uh, Ed, you're an amazingly uh, creative individual, and uh, my hat's off to you. I, I look forward to probably stumble on you when uh, the Keeneland meet uh, opens up again. And it's, it's always a pleasure to see, and it's always a pleasure to read your publication. Well, John, it was sure was nice of you to have me on the show and, uh, and certainly enjoyed it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Musselman, the real Indian Charlie. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to the real Railbird. That's right. The legendary Bob Roberts is going to break down races with us from coast to coast. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune in to Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, I've had the pleasure to, to know Bob Relbert Roberts for just about 30 years now, yeah. believe it or not. Uh, Bob is a multiple award-winning writer uh, who for, uh, I have to say, decades now, uh, wrote right. in the Cleveland area for the Cleveland Press and the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Uh, kind of a you know, chip off the old Indian Charlie Bach. Actually, he's not afraid to take a shot at himself. For years, he had to put his uh, his picks in the paper, and 
It would either be he had a winning day or he didn't. It depended on whether or not he was pulling his pockets out and shaking his head. But um, everybody knows it's not easy being a public handicapper, and uh, Bob was uh, uh, for for decades. And uh, right now, uh, I know he still enjoys uh, doing his handicapping and going out to, to some of the some of the tournaments. And I will say that over the years in, in reading uh, Bob Roberts, uh, he in a lot of ways uh, was a little bit like Indian Charlie in that uh, I sometimes questioned whether or not Thistledown was going to let him back in the press box the next yeah. day because he never worried about taking a shot at management. With me oh. right now, uh, he, he's a fun guy. He loves the game. He wants to see it go right. Bob Roberts, how you doing, my friend? John, I'm hanging in there. We uh, we uh, skipped out on the big snowstorm. We got four inches instead of 14. So life is good on the north coast of Ohio. Well, I'm I'm pulling a muscle down here in the southern part of the state. Uh, yeah. did, did, did some shoveling today. Had, had the car parked too far back next to the uh, garage. It's not easy. I got one son that's a mechanic. I got another son that's home from college, and so my driveway's like a parking lot. Of course, my car's the one farthest in. Of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we don't care if Dad's car is there. But no. uh, nonetheless, uh, how, how have you been? How are things going? What are you doing? Well, I I did the I took the buyout from the plane dealer in 2006. Thistledown needed a PR guy. I did that for a couple of years, and then the casino bought it, and they weren't all that interested in promoting horse racing. And I'm now with the racing commission, doing licensing and a little investigating. So I work at the Thistledown, you know, spring to fall, and then a little taste of Northfield licensing down there. So, and I did something pretty interesting this summer. I did a I worked with ExpressBet. I put out a daily product called the Starting Gate. And what I did was I took all my trip notes from the New York circuit and I would look you know, I would go back and get them on horses that were in that day and some would say, you know, had the bias last time and didn't fire or fought the bias or had a bad trip. I would put that out, and then we would have a biased box score and we'd throw that in there. And I thought it was I we just did it for the Saratoga meet. I would hope it was gonna catch on, but uh they went in a, as I say, they went in a different direction for Gulfstream. But who knows? I may uh, market it somewhere else real soon. That's some nice winners. That's, and that's well, enough. Me, uh, I you might know. have to put you in uh, contact with my friends at Winning Ponies. Remind me that after we get yeah. done with this segment. Please yeah. do. That sounds yeah. like something they'd be interested in because that's their goal in life is is to give out winners, and that that's why we've got uh, you here uh, handicapping uh, tonight. Um, Bob, one thing that uh, I left out of my introduction uh, that is, is up on our website is the fact that you had been at every Kentucky Derby from Secretariat to Barbaro. And yeah. you and I talked about this the other day. Is it, It's just, I mean, A, that's fantastic. B, what's killing me now is you can't find a, a, a turf rider with a search warrant at a grade one race. It's very, very, very sad, John. I was how I talked the Willoughby News Herald in nineteen seventy three, I think the circulation was eighteen thousand. How they sent me to the Kentucky Derby to this day I don't know. And of course I bet against Secretary at a bet sham. So just for the record, I blew that one. <laughs> you're not you're right. Man. Where where can you find turf writers? My God, it's so sad. And, and you think it's some of the, the, the great guys. I mean, people like uh, Gary West and, and Bill right. Christine and Bob right. Portis. Uh, these are people right. whose heart was in the game, and it came across right. in their writing, all award winners themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's hard for a diehard like me and you to swallow. Right. 
I, you know, I gotta blame, uh, I gotta blame, uh, the newspaper editors, and I gotta blame racing for not, for not, uh, pushing it. But you know what? They got a second chance here now. You know, newspapers are in real trouble. And if you went to a newspaper in the 60s and 70s and says, look, uh, we'll buy a, we'll buy a one inch by eight column ad every day we race across the bottom. But we'd like to see some copy on racing above it. They'd have thrown you out of the building because you were impugning their integrity. Right. That idea now, and I think they'll go for it. So racing has a chance to try to reintroduce itself to fans if if they want to do it. I hope they want to do it. I I sure hope so too. I mean, now if I you know on a big day of racing with uh, a, a regular paper, I just go to the digest area and look for the smallest square inch. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember this or not, John. About but, uh, here, here I was in Cleveland, and I said, you know, the perfect job for me would be the Cincinnati Inquirer. I would have River Downs Racing, Turfway Racing, and I'd be an hour to an hour and a half from Churchill Downs in Keeneland, and I'd be still living in Ohio. So I called the guy. I, I can't think of the guy's name. It had to be in the mid to late seventies, and he flew me. I, I drove down for the interview. And he goes, "You got the job." I go, "Great." He says, "However." One day a week you got to work on the copy desk, and one day a week you got to do a Bengal sidebar. I go, nice talking to you. <laughs> I know what that went. That meant. It was a great having, having you down here. Well, hopefully yeah. we can catch up on, on some more chat, but um, I need to get my teeth into, in, into some of these races I sent you. I think okay. we start on the West Coast, and then uh, we'll move to Gulfstream and Laurel for the, for the second segment, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. Sure. Well, on, on uh, Saturday. Uh, we've got one of those uh, races that's kind of a strange distance and, and surface, six and a half on the turf. Uh, right. It's the Daytona, and uh, we've got two horses that are coming out of the Breeders' Cup turf and one that's coming out of the Breeders' Cup main track uh, in here. And uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. I'm looking at my notes, and I, I don't see a huge scratch by any horse, although if you if you handed me 20 bucks and sent me to the window, I'd probably be keying the inside horse, Great Mills, on top. Yeah, he looks good. I'm going to take a shot, though, with another horse. who uh, The jockey just fits this horse, and this horse runs well over the golf stream, I mean, over the Santa Anita turf course. Circa's Golden Gear. I mean, uh-huh. this Joe Talamo fits this horse. He's like, uh, what's it, one, two, three, he's like four for five on this horse. He's a little cheaper than the other ones, but he seems to be feeling good. So I'm going to go with him on top. And I like well, your horse. There's a horse in here that beat him the last time they met, and ain't no other. Right, 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 right. And uh, who else you like in there? Anybody else? Like yeah, uh, I, I, I really like uh, Comet at the top, uh, just because of uh, well, he's coming off two straight 100 buyers, and he really kept some good company. You go down his his running line, and you know he ran he ran uh, against the likes of Mister Commons and, and Amazombie. I mean, those are right. some of the best friggin' horses on on, on the right. West Coast this year. Right. So I would say I'd, I'd put Great Mills and probably key him up with him. And uh, Le Perot's out there, right? Red Sun, and this horse is three for four on the uh, San Anita Turf course. And that kid, uh, but when he's in the groove, he is awfully tough to beat. Awfully tough to beat. Yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how how he does out there. I got a feeling right. that he'll be accepted. I mean, he's got. He's got the talent, and now he's got connections. I believe he's marrying into a trainer family out there that's pretty hot. So I didn't know uh, that, it'll yeah. be interesting. That's the, the grade three Daytona, 
at Santa Anita. And then the, the following day, another grade three named after one of uh, racing's all-time greats, and that would be the Robert J. Frankel Stakes. This one, a mile and an eighth. Again, a distance that's not run all the time. That's a little bit of a stretch for modern-day thoroughbreds. Um, right. And this also on the turf. I'm wondering if uh, it's going to be called the Robert Frankel Stakes or the Simon Callaghan Stakes. Uh, I don't know. I'm going for the bottom horse. Tis flirtatious. He looks like the class of the party to me. He's danced in a couple of graded stake races. The La Kenyatta and the Matriarch and run awfully well in those races. And uh, the guy that owns San Antonio, Bejarano, he's aboard. I like that, too. Uh, a personal friend of mine. I love Rafael Bejarano. As a matter of fact, he's in a real groove out there right now. Uh, Question about this horse is the distance. I mean, this right. horse, i got to say, hasn't done much wrong in its career. Six starts, four wins, a second, and a third. And it just seems to be consistently moving up the ladder. Distance, right. Uh, right. Uh, surface, and speed figures. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a test. That's for darn sure. But hopefully, uh, well, it looks like he wants to come running at the end, which is good. He's not going to go to the front and fade, I don't think. Um, well, I'm going to go with a cow bred in here, Bob, that uh, oh. hasn't done much wrong and is trained by a Hall of Famer, Jerry Hollendorfer. As a matter of fact, I think he started out in your neck of the woods, didn't he, Hollendorfer? Jerry, Holl- Jerry Hollendorfer is from Akron, Ohio. He went like Akron North High School or something. Yeah, he's from Bath, Ohio, where uh, LeBron James lives. Oh, yeah. In fact, he sent a he sent a string of horses at Thistle about 10 years ago, and he would call every day in, in the press box, ask for me, and I would tell him how the horse did. <laughs> he just He just wants to win, that guy. Well, again, Joe Talamo fits this horse. Uh, he rode yeah. him to win the grade two uh, yellow ribbon. Obviously, nobody told him he was a cowbred. And uh, this horse, yeah. 11 starts this season, seven victories. Um, still, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can get it, that, the job done. Um, yeah. But, you know, Hollendorfer, he, he'll go anywhere. He'll, he went oh. from Del Mar to Belmont to Golden Gate with this horse. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to key Halo Dolly. Yeah on top, but I do like your selection because it looks like a horse with a lot of upside, Bob. We'll cash. We'll we'll put them together in cash. I like your attitude. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay the piper here, take a little bit of a break, and when Bob and I come back, we're going to go to Gulfstream for the Mr. Prospector and then up to Laurel for the Dave's friend. You're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. 
The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me uh, for decades, the, uh, the the lead turf writer in, in the Cleveland area, Bob Railbird Roberts, they call him. And I know a couple of my favorite stories that I remember Bob uh, wrote. Uh, one was uh, he kind of became like uh, he went on the backstretch and lived the life of a groom. And it was yeah, a great story. Day. I was going through an old album one day, and I, and I picked yeah. it up. I mean... You did that, and then you went down to a farm in Kentucky here in later years and, and, and oh, yeah. did a similar thing. I mean, it's nice that you get your hands dirty every now and then instead of just changing right. typewriter ribbon. Yeah, that was that was great at Three Chimneys. A quick story about Three Chimneys. I went there with a plane dealer photographer. They gave us a, a beeper in case a mare went in the fold. We're having dinner. It starts to beep. We rush back to the farm, and we just missed by a second. But the but the phone uh, full manager says, come on in here. we got to get him standing up. So I helped this fold stand up. What are the odds that three years later that horse ran in the Ohio Derby at Thistledown? No kidding. Unbelievable. Who did I can't think of his name, but my lead was uh, one of my sons is coming home this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never forgot that. Yeah, Three Chimneys, Seattle Slew was the rage there. Well, that was fantastic. Yeah, I remember you went yeah. down and you kind of became, you know, a farmhand for a couple of days. I oh, thought yeah. it was a great idea for them to to get writers involved uh, right. on a literally first-hand basis. Right. Well, I, I, I mucked out like uh, a half a shed row, I'm a 12 or 15 stalls, and one of the good old boys says, look at those white tennis shoes. You know what those are going to look like when you're done? I says, don't worry about it. There's a convenience store right at the corner. I'm going to buy a box of Brillo pads and get a hose. They'll look like new. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. <laughs> All right, well, let's do a little more capping, and then All hopefully right. at the end of it we'll have some time to, to chat out the end of the end of the show. Okay. Uh, let's go down to Gulfstream Park, um, uh, race at six furlongs, named after one of the fastest horses of our times, and that is Mr. Prospector. It's a grade three for three and up, and I guess there's no way to look at this race other than a rematch between Action Andy and Indiano. Right. You know what I kept? I'm saying, ah, pick Indiana, pick Indiana. He's uh, the jo- another jock that fits the horse. He's four for six. But I said, you know what? I don't need eight to five all the time. So I'm I'm putting him in the two hole, and I'm going for the horse above him. Party all night long at twelve to one. He doesn't run gaps off. Some training there, Bob. Run. Huh? Some gaps in training there. I know, I know. But look at, but then I went. I looked at that, and I looked at the workout. Five furlongs a minute flat, five furlongs a minute and three, five furlongs a minute and three, a half and 48, four furlongs in November at Gulfstream and 45 and four. So I'm going to take a shot with this horse. Eddie Broom, he's no, uh, he's no bad bowl of soup as a trainer. And look, <laughs> Lascano's getting on the horse. So, I mean, you got one of the top jocks hopping on this horse. Someone sold him a, somebody sold him a good story. 
So I'm going with Party All Night Long, Indiano second, and who do I like third? Uh, I think I like Immortalized third. He's always in the thick of the action. If I'm going to get an exacta box, I'm going to have to use him. So, well, I must, I must say, very uh, gutsy call on, on your part. I find it interesting that uh, Johnny V is going to be riding Action Andy, something yeah. I don't see in his running line. And quite frankly, uh, anytime Johnny V comes to town and picks up a mount, uh, this horse went wire to wire in the Pelican Stakes, uh, where he right. uh, he beat uh, Indiana last time. Uh, what what I found was interesting looking at this race, Bob, and the, the next yeah. race, the Dave's Friend, right, is that. Why would Action Andy go to Gulfstream and run for $100,000? Okay, he's a gelding, yeah. so can't help right. with a stud. When he could have gone to Laurel and raced six furlongs in the Dave's Friend, and he absolutely yeah. loves Laurel. The last time he was there, yeah. he, he won the DeFrancis with a 102 buyer. That's a, good, that's a very good question. You know, he's 6-5 he's to five on the morning line. So what would he be at Laurel for, for an extra 25000 Yeah, I don't understand that either. Carlos you know, which, which, Garcia, does he ten bar in Maryland most of the year, the trainer? Yeah, I guess so. Three three in a row. By the way, I gave you the wrong third horse. I gave you a horse at Laurel. Horse I like third at Gulfstream is the one, Bulldozer. Thank you. Because those, I was those Ramses, I man, they just put their hands in their pocket and claim one for 62.5. It don't mean anything, does it? Right, right. Well, anyhow, it, it, in talking about Action Andy, who's, who's the favorite in the $100,000 grade three, when we go to Laurel... That immediately right. moves my eye. Uh, at least what I what I would do is if I'm a handicapper, and I hope they're listening to us now, is if the fi- watch the fifth at Gulfstream before you bet the eighth at Laurel. Yeah. If Action Andy should get up and win in, in authoritatively or impressively, you really got to take a look at Il Villiano, who yep. just finished a nose behind Action Andy in, in the DeFrancis Stack. You're right. I, I, he's seven to two in the morning. He was, I mean, I'm I'm leaning towards the chalk there. This one's for Phil, but I got Il Villiano second. You're right. He he. Uh, that was a big effort in the DeFrancis. No question about it. Well, no I've I've just got two X's, and I would bet them all day long and box them all day long, right. and uh, that would that would be your horse. This one's for right. Phil and Il Villiano. I mean, yeah. I think they're, they're, they're heads above uh, the rest of the horses in here. While some have had some nice buyers and some have had some stakes wins, they were you know, either in restricted company or at, not at uh, Laurel. So, you know, this one's for Phil. I mean, Dutro, come on, man. He finished out the season batting 25% wins. Unbelievable. He is uh, one frisky fellow, isn't he? Yes, All I can yes, say about he him is. is a frisky fellow. Well, John, who's the horse of the year for 2012? Um, well, good question. I, I, I like Little Mike. I, I, I like Delta, uh, but I I think I'm going to go with Wise Dan. Uh, I like the fact that uh, he wasn't afraid to travel. He wasn't afraid to try different surfaces, and uh, his consistency was uh, um, amazing. I think that's where the voters are going to go, even though this horse did not win a single race on dirt. Not one. All his wins are on turf and, and poly. I mean, I don't think the voters are going to vote for this other horse because I think they don't like the trainer. But, I mean, the horses, the races that we focus on in this country are the Triple Crown. I mean, I'll have another was four for four with three grade one. I mean, uh, I know he got hurt, but that's not his fault. I mean, there's enough, there's enough holes in a lot of horses that he could be horse of the year. I'll have another. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fort well, Leonard, Breeders' Cup Classic, and Whitney, but that's maybe not enough to be Horse of the Year. So I, it's, I think it's pretty wide open. Well, it's going to be fun to watch, Bob. I can yeah. tell you that. Well, listen, yeah. Bob, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight, and I, I enjoyed hope it. It's not the last time, and uh, so now call that I got all your John, numbers, call expect, expect me to bother you for another handicapping segment in the near future. You got it, pal. Happy all New right, Year, ladies and gentlemen. Man. We've been talking with Bob. Railbird Roberts, a legend in the Cleveland area and a pretty darn good handicapper himself. So when he gives you one of those outside horses, I would uh, definitely take him seriously and, and give it an extra listen. And I also want to thank uh, Ed Musselman, his real name is, and he is Indian Charlie. And like I said, you can just Google Indian Charlie and read some of those sheets and uh, you'll get a darn good chuckle. Well, until next week, uh, I want to wish uh, all of our listeners a, a very happy new year. Uh, keep uh, tuning in uh, to our radio show and, and keep going online and pulling down the products that are going to make you a winner in 2013. Thanks so much for my producer, D, for putting up with me. Happy New Year, everybody. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.